welcome back to the Gather podcast with me, Deanne Oliver-Picard. And so, as always, these podcasts are a kind of natural progression, beautiful continuation on from events that we have in real life. So a few weeks ago, we opened up the conversation, the subject and the theme around body talk, which, to be honest, I just think sounds absolutely hilarious I just can't help but think it's like something cheesy from the 80s body talk um but essentially that's exactly what we were talking about we were talking about the female body we all have one we've all been on a journey with our bodies uh to say the least over our span of our lives um so we all got together and I invited the wonderful Laura Phelan to come and be my guest now Laura is a therapeutic coach, a body image and disordered eating specialist. She's a speaker, a dog mom, and now an author, which we'll get to talk about later on. Super exciting. She is also the girl that beat the odds that only 20% of people fully recover from with anorexia. And since her full recovery 10 years ago now, she has created a life of joy fulfillment and freedom. She's traveled the world, fallen in love, made a sisterhood for life and built a business that she adores. And none of this would have been possible without going on her first healing journey to recover from the anorexia. But Laura's story didn't end tragically. She made a 360 full recovery and got her life back and now spends her days showing others what's possible for them. She guides and inspires people to find full food and body freedom and experience the joy of recovery. And so I was delighted to invite her into the space to talk about her work, to share her experience and and everything else. And I've got to be honest, she barely got a moment to talk because we all have bodies. We had a room full of women and everyone had something to say. And we we actually realised that we could have, could have probably had body talk one, two, part three, part four, and it could have gone on for hours and hours and it almost did. And so I wanted to invite Laura onto this podcast to actually properly get a chance to speak to you, to hear about your story, your journey. And so welcome Laura to the podcast. No, oh, thank you. Thank you for very gorgeous introduction. Thank oh. you. Nothing, nothing else to say now. <laughs> well, I know. Where do we go from here? I mean, <laughs> just need to jump onto your Instagram to see that you have carved out this this life full of joy and and full of pleasure. And actually, pleasure was one of the subjects that we talked mm. about in the last episode. And yeah. life's too short, right? Why not absolutely grab the bull by the bollocks and enjoy it? Exactly. Yeah totally that so I can only apologize again you literally got like about five minutes to talk um and there's so much more that you could say there's so much more that we all could have said and as I say yeah we sit we have some chocolates we drink a wine if that's your thing and we just put the world to rights and it's special and it's amazing and it was brilliant to have you there but I feel like we need to delve into uh to you and your work and I kind of keep thinking about this term of body talk, like black and white, mm-hmm. that's exactly what we're talking about, right, is is the body. Yeah. I can't help but feel it just sounds a bit cheesy. And I mentioned mm-hmm. this in the event is I almost was going to call that event and this episode comparison. 
because mm. I feel that comparison is so oh I mean so present in in how we feel about our female bodies mm-hmm. because we mm-hmm. are comparing from a very very early age and that can be yeah. so detrimental to our health our physical and mental well-being so We've talked a little bit about um, and this 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 wonderful introduction. I'd love you to kind of just share a little bit more on, you know, who you are, what you're about, and how you know this experience that you had with your uh, anorexia got you into this work, and how it literally is your is is your entire makeup, right? You spend your life now mm. working with other people that have been in that position, are in that position, and you show them how you got to where you are now and how it's possible yeah yeah please it's, it's funny <laughs> when I'm asked this question I guess one of my like first like answers is when you go through something like that at such a young age so my eating disorder I was 13 when it started and 14 it kind of peaked um and I've always so felt young. like I'm a very yeah so young and I've always yeah. been an old soul um, and I feel like that experience really added to that because I quite literally was kind of faced with like life or death, like in my hands at that age. So, you know, to give a bit of context, and I think this is why I'm quite passionate about, you know, the, everything starts at, at some point. And for me, it quite literally started as a diet. Um, it quite literally started as dieting and exercising and you know, experimenting, but as a 13 year old girl, that's pretty dangerous to be doing. Yeah. Um, but in our world, like the narrative allows that so much. And we're talking like, God, this was what, 16 years ago for me now I'm 30. So if we think about how worse that's got, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, at that point it started almost very innocently, let's say. Um, but it very, very quickly took over. And then obviously when you do the work to recover, you understand what, what was really going on and, you know, the traumas that were underlying and the self-belief, et cetera. But what happened at the time quite literally felt like a diet gone wrong. Um, and it spiraled and spiraled and spiraled until I was, you know, diagnosed with anorexia, which is, you know, for people that maybe don't know, a, a very severe the mental health issue. It has the highest mortality rate of any mental health issue that currently exists. Um, it's very, very dangerous. You know, uh, it, it can be fatal. And for me, I got to a point where I never got uh, hospitalized, but I was threatened. And the threatening of it was the kind of turning point for me. Um, you know, all of those kind of months before I was restricting and my weight was getting lower. But, but mainly what was changing was my mental health. And that's the main thing to point out here, because you don't have to look a certain way to have an eating disorder. Anyone can be yeah. struggling at any point. Um, and that's also important for the topic of body image, right? Because we don't want people to think you have to look a certain way to get help. You deserve help no matter what body shape you come in. Yeah. Um, and for me, it just presented in that way. And I got to a point where it's my 14th birthday. You know, I was in Ireland with my family. I managed to get there. And my little cousin, she was about five at the time, literally turned around to me and said, please eat something. And that was such a turning point that I will never forget. Yeah, like a kid, right? Someone so young, someone who looked up to me. And that was the point where I went, oh, my God, something is wrong. I haven't seen it yet. That's massive, isn't it? Yeah, it was was big. And it was the moment that I, I remember saying to myself, 
you know, trigger warning. I remember saying, mm. like, I, I think I think this might kill me. Um, and I don't think I have the strength to fight it anymore. Um, but luckily, that was the turning point where I also had another voice saying, you're 14 years old. Mm. You've not even made it to your 20s. Mm. You've got to try. You've got to try. And that little voice fought and fought and fought, finally engaged with my therapist, finally decided it was a choice that I wanted to recover. Mm. And slowly, 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 painfully, uncomfortably, <laughs> I did. Um, and long and short, that's where I am today. There's lots in the middle that I'm sure we can delve into, but it really was that very raw and painful turning point at that young age. Not everyone um, has that turning point, do they? You know, or has that no, that kind of no. catalyst that kind of almost just shakes you to the point where you're mm-hmm. like, actually, shit, what am I doing? Something's got yeah. to change. Like your five-year-old, this five-year-old. Yeah, is, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And also it's it's the moves you make after that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you engage mm-hmm. with a therapist. Like, that's amazing. Not everybody yeah. has that knowledge to to understand where they need to get that help from. Uh, yeah. Maybe also the the funds and the means to yes. get help. I was really- luckily enough under the NHS at that point. Okay. Um, but yeah, that's what's so difficult. Waiting lists are huge now. Yeah. Um it's it's very difficult right now. And we can talk about like ways that we could combat it collectively as well maybe later on but mm. yeah I was I was lucky at that point to be under a service that I could get support from straight away so I'm very grateful for that do you know what is something that just touched me when you were explaining this mm. is the word diet and actually yeah. the word diet is not really used these days is it it was all you know yeah. sugar magazine uh I'm yeah. you know I'm considerably older than you so we were probably uh, looking at different magazines at different times but um, I remember sugar. Okay, good. <laughs> but things and like and <laughs> yeah, and on all of those, and it was it was diet, and that word is so detrimental, so mm. dangerous that we don't use mm-hmm. it now. So I guess there's um, healthy eating plans or mm. yeah, wellness. The word wellness covers so much, yeah. doesn't it? It's so unwell for so many different things because you yes. see, back to the word comparison, you see all of these people who are showcasing the yeah. so program or the way that they live their life and their well-being. And they look amazing, right? But then what's it doing to their inside? And actually, yeah. I will just touch on this now because I know this has been quite a big thing in the media and also you created a video off the back of the Gwyneth Paltrow uh, yeah. um, video coming out about her having this wonderful time by eating bone broth every day and, and mm-hmm. fasting and everything. And this has been, oh my God, I mean, it's been massive, right? So, massive. so much backlash, so many yeah. people talking mm-hmm. about this. And yes, it's different strokes for different folks. And yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow has always been pretty out there. And, you know, talks quite a lot about what she does. And obviously certain things wouldn't work for certain people. Um, Certain things would work for certain people. Also, she has the the wealth around her to seek all of these other avenues around her bone broth, right? So you can have injections for all of the vitamins you want up your bum or whatever it is. You know, Mm. she has all of these, you know, specialists around her. But yeah, of course, saying things like this can be really dangerous. And I'm sure there are Mm -hmm. so many people that have cooked up bone broth for breakfast, lunch, and dinner 
and they're really yep. and they're starving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That video, I try. I definitely try to give the angle, and, and this is something I'm really big on in my work. Is like she's still a human. Please, can we not just bash her and tear her down? Yeah. And here's a perspective that's going to help you maybe not be so triggered and remember that celebrities are not nutritionists and scientists and the the fact that wellness has got to the point where this information is so readily available is the problem um because everyone can access it and then everyone thinks that they know what to do and then you know for the 25 percent they end up with an eating disorder it's a whole different story so yeah that kind of information showcasing a certain diet or a certain certain way of living that works for some people but it can't work for everybody and the crazy thing is that literally everybody in every different style of body is different and there'll be no two and this is the beauty of it right and so you think about looking you know Gwyneth Gwyneth Paltrow yeah she looks amazing I'd love to look look like Gwyneth Paltrow or you know I I don't have the means but you're you (laughs) and I wouldn't change it you know I wouldn't change it for the world yeah exactly and we will we can touch on this a little bit later but also I think you know there's something about you know gracefully growing older and actually um mm. just that realization of going do you know what I don't care I don't give a yeah. shit. and yes the lumps that. and bumps in different places and so what you know that's what makes me me and that's what makes that person them and um yeah. and I think that this is something that comes of age you know you get more comfortable or you just start yeah. giving less of a shit and yeah. What I talked about in that was kind of going right back to the beginning of innocence of mm. I ha- and I and I explained I had I've got a little three year old or three three and something year old or as I like to call him a three nager um, and <laughs> I had a little play date with him and two of his pals a little boy from his nursery and one of his best girlfriends as well. And they came over and it was naturally completely bonkers. They turned the house completely upside down. But what they did do and what they always do and what Willow, my little boy, tends to always do is they just got completely naked. And it was brilliant. It was so funny and it was so innocent. And they were all naked and they were watching TV naked. They were having their lunch naked. They sat and ate jelly and they were all just completely free. And it was brilliant. And they were touching bums with their bums. And you know what? There was, there was, they didn't think anything else of it. And me, oh. I was like, you know, is this okay? I hope the pet, because, you know, there were, it was just me and, mm. and, and like these parents' kids. And, uh, and I told them afterwards and they were all laughing as well. But, you know, there's only me as an adult mind going, is this okay? And do you know what? It's the most natural state of being. I think yeah. if everyone could walk around naked, it would break. You know, you see those um, I agree. naked cycles yeah. through Brighton and things like that. And it's just so... I like, love nakedness. Like, But it's the context of it, right? I was actually interviewed yeah. on this the other day around um, pornography and nakedness and sexuality. And I was like, the naked body is not the problem. It's no. the sexualization of any part of anyone's nakedness yeah. that is the problem. Like that's the issue that we have. The naked body and seeing more of that would be so healing for our body image and our sense of self. But it's because it's contorted into this idealized, sexualized version that we all feel very funny about it. Mm. Exactly. But you know, as as three three three-year-olds, it was just so beautiful to witness. And it's almost such a shame to Mm. know that stuff will come later on. And we were also talking about. What what at what point does the naked body of a child become 
something else and you know you're in PE or whatever and girls are hiding their bodies from their friends or you know wrapping a towel around them to get changed get you know themselves to get changed and sex education and then everything yeah. else. I, I, I'm, I'm saying sex education with my fingers as inverted commas because this is another thing that, that came up recently with a best friend of mine who is a teacher. And she was talking, she has, um, <laughs> I should know how old they are because I think I'm their godmother, but um, spiritual <laughs> spiritual godmother. We never really did the religious thing. But um, so anyway, I don't fully know their uh, ages and now I hope she's not listening to this. But anyway... They're in school and she was talking to me about the fact that um, her daughter recently had sex education, talked to her by a man, which is interesting, um, and talked to her about how her private parts are for her only and should never be shown, um, should be protected from the, you know, from, from, I think it was like, should be protected from everybody. So you keep them to yourselves. And my friend has seen a significant difference in the way that she acts at home to her family, to her brother and her parents who, you know, actively encourage nudity and nakedness and always have. She's now taken this step back to covering herself up, not wanting to talk about it, to show herself. Whereas her son, who's a couple of years older, he's still absolutely free because he didn't have that conversation and he wasn't taught or told or dictated to as Yes, there's a, yes, of course, there's a, you know, a, a knowledge and power of knowing that, you know, you don't want to go showing every part of yourself to anybody. Yeah. But there's yeah. a fine line between, um, you know, liberation and freedom and and the, the kind mm. of naturalness of the human body and then knowing yeah. how to protect yourself, right? And it can be so dangerous yeah. and detrimental. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. It's a fine line and it's like, there's so much power, isn't there? And like, I think there's so much liberation, especially as women in owning your pleasure and like, you yeah. know, talking about it and like, like exploring the body mm-hmm. is one of the best ways to improve your body image because you're connecting away from what it looks like and into what it feels like. Um, exactly. And so it's, it's really a shame, I guess, that we have a world where, there's almost this conflict of like explore your body, but not too much, you know, don't show too much because then you're, then you're asking for it. Then you're, then you're this and you're that when actually the most healing thing for a woman is to feel that liberation in her body. Mm. Um, and like for, for like all the women that come after her, like that liberation can, can really improve their body image as well. And yeah, it's, it's a really difficult fine line we have because of the world that we have. And especially, you know, as a, as a young girl and you you get boobs yeah. and you develop all of these lovely lovely parts to you which is of course yeah. natural yeah. And, and what is meant to happen but then you know you're what goes from wearing like a crop top um and just being completely innocent playing with your friends once you start getting mm-hmm. you know, developing mm-hmm. what does that crop top mean and what message are you giving out to people without even realizing yeah. And it's yeah. what other people put on onto you, right? And what maybe men yeah. can, can take from that as actually you putting out a message. And actually, it's just the most natural thing and you're just wearing a crop top. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. It's it's warm weather and, and that's... Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And especially when... 
I think the thing that's hard as well is, and this is what I really work with clients on, is when we have that kind of narrative and they've worked so hard to feel that freedom in their bodies. Um, Like when you've, you've done that journey and I've been through it myself and then, you know, you're, you're feeling like you have to cover up because someone might look at you a different way. That's really difficult because it's, it's really hard to get there. And most of us don't feel amazing in our bodies all the time and really free. So when we do, it's like, you want to be able to really embrace that and not feel like you have to make yourself smaller you know yeah yeah totally and is it something that oh excuse me um is it something that I've I've accidentally set a timer which I didn't even know that I could do and um that was just me <laughs> let, just my timer letting me know that there's some kind of time um ah. but yeah I is there something you know did you find that um you know, social media and comparison and, and just the media in general was like a, a kind of stimulus to how, as aside from, you know, getting on a diet. Mm. Yeah, yeah, know, yeah. Was it other people that were, you know, showcasing this that were, was kind of part of your kind of downward spiral into your disordered eating? What's really interesting for, for where I was at that time, it's very different now. Social media wasn't so readily available. For me, uh, yeah. it was magazines magazines were a big trigger which is funny because no one looks at the magazine now I but know. the magazines were social media I can't even tell you what they were but I do remember at the really depths of the eating disorder I would go god knows where I got this money from FYI I'd go <laughs> and I'd buy like eight magazines oh wow um bless my mum honestly and I and I would really obsess over them but this was really far into the disorder whereas at the beginning it was very much around like me and my beliefs and it was a very insular process. Um, it only like, this is, this is something really important actually to maybe touch on. I didn't have body image obsession until my eating disorder developed. My body dysmorphia developed within my eating disorder, not before. Mm. Um, and that's really interesting because that was a few things. That was the starvation of my brain. And that was the fact that the more entrenched it got, the more obsessive I became. Right. So actually, it was a later on thing that I dealt with. And I think I would probably have gone on a few websites and there was things like MySpace, but there wasn't Instagram or or TikTok, um, which is now the thing that my clients are more sort of struggling with. Um, But at the time for me, yeah, it was it was more magazines and the influence of that and all the dieting pages. I I think at least on Instagram. You can go on a different account and you can unfollow. Whereas yeah. if you opened a magazine 10 years ago, one page is saying you to love yourself. The next page is how to lose a stone in a week. So it was very conflicting. There. Um, yeah, and airbrushed. Whereas now, thank God, we do have a really huge movement around unfiltering, unediting, showcasing bodies at all angles. And we, we didn't have that 10 years ago. So... That's positive progress, even though at the same time, social media is now so much more popular. It's like the chicken or the egg, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know like, what's worse. I feel like it wasn't that long ago where everything was so airbrushed and it's almost we yeah. had quite a miraculous kind of turnaround yeah. 
to actually seeing past the airbrushing. And, you know, there's so many wonderful people. I just think of Lizzo, you know, the singer Lizzo. Did you go? Yeah, which yeah. she was amazing. Oh but my God. People like her are so refreshing yeah. because it, yeah, and it's yeah, breaking yeah. down all these boundaries. And actually, you know, you look at a picture that's airbrushed and you look at a picture that's not airbrushed. And actually, I will go for the unairbrushed every single time. Exactly. And it's so boring yeah. to see the same shit just churned out and influencers yeah. as well. Um, I feel like there yeah. are, are there less influencers these days because people are seeing past the influence. Again, I'm doing the inverted commas is because, yeah. you know, it's just people churning out the same adverts and you just know that they're getting yeah. a chunk of money and they don't, they're, they're just doing it for that purpose. And that purpose, mm-hmm. I think it's not trying to influence you to buy a brand because you know that or they know that this is going to be really good for you. They just know that there's mm-hmm. a paycheck and they're absolutely rinsed and, you know, good for them. But actually, you know, there's something about authenticity that is just mm-hmm. so wonderful and so special and should be celebrated so much more, this, your authentic self, your original self. Yeah. Nobody yeah. else has. Exactly. Yeah, and it is. It's beautiful that we finally have that message sort of coming through and, and even, you know, in the influencer world you have a lot more of that positive narrative and a lot of people yeah. using their platforms in that way now which is it's really helpful and, and promising as well yeah and can I ask you know the people that you're working with with your coaching now yeah. are you finding that yes. these are young girls are there, is it is the generally is it generally that younger girls are kind of being more influenced to kind of make changes and 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 people that are you know you find that are poorly with disordered eating or is it across the board it's really across the board to be honest I, yeah. I would say the two main clients I work with are sort of between 18 to 22 and then 30 to early 40s so it's either like a girl kind of, you know, in uni, out of uni, that kind of age, you know, really getting to know herself, figuring life out, feeling overwhelmed, coming out of, you know, the schooling system, like figuring her life out. Or it's quite an established woman, probably got kids, really great career, um, and has found that she's been resisting and resisting and resisting, acknowledging this problem that has consisted and persisted. And then it's just got to a point where she can't deal with it anymore. And it's too much. And um, she's decided to deal with it later on. So there are kind of the two main groups I would see, actually, at the moment, which is interesting. It's very interesting. And I wasn't, yeah, I, that's that's actually really interesting and more surprising for that kind of um, later bracket of yeah. women. And something I did want yeah. to touch on yeah. is, well, actually, the um, the theme for my next gather is status, and it's and it's again, it's leading on from one of my previous gathers and my first podcast, which was identity and how yeah. women's status and how they feel about their identity changes as we navigate our way through life and through the world. And something yeah. that I am really interested in is women that have children and how their bodies significantly change. Um, during that duration of the nine or whatever um, months that you're carrying your baby and how then um, you're getting your body back and how there's this bounce back thing that women are supposed Mm -hmm. to do. Um, 
after they've, you know, popped out a human, they're just expected to kind of like nip everything back and everything's fine and crack on with the world. And how women who've had children then navigate um, life and getting back into life. Um, And that's really, really interesting that as you as you mentioned, that kind of slightly older bracket of women who maybe, um, you know, for whatever reason, aren't then feeling massively comfortable with their body because naturally your body's expanded. You've just grown a whole person within you. Um, And unless you are significantly either you know, working your ass off to get back to where you want to be or you're massively stressed, which obviously comes completely naturally to parenting. Um, and therefore you're completely unhealthy because you're working, you know, you're you're kind of just going on adrenaline and cortisol, yeah. your cortisol levels are sky high. It's really, really interesting to finding, you know, and if people and parents and mothers do then find that comfort in their body being something completely different to what they've maybe mm. been used mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. It's an identity thing as well, isn't it? With mm. that, I think. I'm, I'm not a mum yet, but when I have worked with mums, and um, I've worked with a lot of mums, actually people in pregnancy, it's really, I think it, it and you, you'll know, I'd love to hear your view on it, a lot of it is around that identity shifting and, mm. you know, learning, learning to be at home in that new body and that new sense of self. And this can be in so many areas of life. Even I went through a breakup last year and even that was so identity shifting for me. It was like getting to know myself again. And it, I, at times I felt like a 15 year old again. I was like, who the fuck am I? <laughs> um, and I think that can really play in our body image because our bodies are external. So they're very easy for us to try and manipulate and control and seek autonomy over and we often can do that to its detriment instead of going you know how do I really feel what's going on for me here how can I reconnect we go how can I change how can I you know mold how can I fix um and it's always that kind of if we come back to the connection and the the rebuilding and the reconnection that's always a lot more nurturing place whether that's from motherhood or Mm. a breakup or, or a big life change and that way our bodies don't become this target of our discomfort yeah yeah and I know you know so many people who've just not been comfortable with that change of their mm. bodies yeah. I for one I I um actively celebrated and actively posted yeah. celebrating my pregnancy yeah. when I was pregnant with Willow um and I've always had quite um like I've I've always guess I I mean I used to be a dancer and I've always exercised and loved exercise for the endorphins not for the change of body which I think is also really interesting is why people exercise do they exercise for their body to look a certain way or do they exercise for their body to feel a certain way there's a massive difference Mm, I encourage people to come to classes to move their bodies to feel good and and because they want to get a yoga body, which I, I totally don't yeah. have a yoga body. Um, but I've always enjoyed movement. And I think that's always kind of kept my body. My body fluctuates. And I used to have polycystic yeah, ovaries. Which meant my body fluctuated even mm-hmm. more. Um, but I, I've always kind of, I've not really had a, a, a thought of my body of like wanting to drastically change yeah. it. There's been bits where I've I'll go for a run and I'll feel better about my body um, without going, yeah. I'm going to go for a run because I need to shift a certain. And I think there's, that's, you know, a relatively healthy way of thinking about it. 
but when growing a human you know there are there are a bit you know yes your belly's changing and your belly's growing but you know so does your ass everything is exactly in the back everything yeah yeah in different places and you know naturally your hips are getting wider because you you, you're gonna have to you know squeeze out a human being at some point and you need to make space for it but even that you know putting on different clothes or putting on your own clothes and realizing they no longer fit you know jeans Mm. are definitely um I just barely wear jeans these days but anyway I'm constantly in romper and obviously I'm I'm pregnant again at the moment and um and things are just happening again you know and things are growing and things are changing and I'm just embracing it because I know that you know I'm kind of seeing the bigger picture with it right is seeing the bigger picture that I'm growing a human being and and that this should be celebrated because it's natural it's what we do it's what women have done for years but mm-hmm. I know exactly. so many people who've put up a resistance to their body changing and that's exactly yeah. what it is. you know it's your body adapting and changing and will change again and can change again if you wanted to do to in a healthy fashion down the line but I think there's so much around the female body how it adapts to pregnancy and post-pregnancy you know kind of having to feel that you need to get to a certain place I just I don't know who coined this phrase bounce back but even um it's horrible oh my god even someone the other day said to me I said oh my god you know because I spend my life in lycra because of teaching yoga and you know uh, there's Mm. certain pairs of leggings I just can't wear because they've got this like waistband and I just wear comfortable leggings because they feel good and things are changing yeah. and I look you know I don't I'm not stereotypically a yoga body right now which is um and also what's a yoga body you know like again exactly. it's like it's so it's so manipulated by society but literally like a yoga body is someone that wants to like go to yoga in their body like there should never yeah. be a defining for that and it's it's just so interesting what I found um Yes, yeah, someone said to me, I can't, I can't remember who it was, but it was someone that was close to me. I was yeah. really shocked. Someone just the other week said, um, oh, well, you know, you're growing, but uh, don't worry, you of all people will be able to bounce back. And I was like, oh, mm. like horrified. And I was like, wow. like, am I supposed to say thank you? <laughs> Is this supposed to be a compliment? Because I literally couldn't care less. And um mm. And I was a bit like, oh, I was, you know, I was just not expect, not expecting it whatsoever from to say that. But what I've also um, really, really interestingly come about, uh, a couple of things have come about recently. As I DJ and a yoga teacher, um, yeah. I, I put up a post to say I'm up the duff um, and that I was delighted. <laughs> um, and after losing a baby last year as well, which was something that was interesting around yeah, the physicalities of, of the body and, and emotionally and physically, you know, really, really different. I was celebrating it and I feel, you know, very excited to be celebrating it. I feel very grateful to be celebrating because I'm also aware that not everyone gets yeah. to this. So I'm very conscious and aware of that. Um but what I did see is quite a few things that I've been booked in for DJ wise and yoga event wise funnily enough are not happening now and I'm really furious and I'm furious DJ wise more they've cancelled on you yeah and so um particularly with males that have been booking me in for events down the line 
Um, and I'm going. I was actually. I'm going to do a post about it because obviously, yeah, that's really bad. Obviously, naturally, when you're growing a human, you simply categorically cannot play music. <laughs> it's just mm. like what the hell? Yeah. Yes, I might look different, and maybe you don't want a pregnant body behind the decks. Of which, obviously, as we all know, that it comes up to my goddamn chest anyway. You don't even see. Mm. You would not even see the the baby bump. But how crazily that there's a stigma around you, you're going to look different and therefore probably we won't book you in. And I was, I've literally been shocked to my core. I've also been fuming. Um, And I, that's your choice, not less. I know. I found it last time as well, which was really interesting. I found people were also amazing and supportive. And I played festivals up until I was like 36 weeks. I taught on a yoga retreat, which was mine and my husband's yoga retreat, at about 36 weeks. Um, one gig I did, they soundproofed my DJ booth, so it wasn't really bassy. So the baby or willow at the time didn't have all of this bass going through them. And it was amazing. <laughs> and I will say that that was because I was booked through a female. Fe- these right. female people booking me and the things that have been cancelled or technically just, you know, written off have been by people who are men that have been booking me, which is just really, really Ooh. interesting and quite devastating, actually. Yeah. God, yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, that's, yeah, that's wild. And it's it's really interesting, isn't it, for us to, like, yeah, let's yeah. navigate that. It, it should be your choice. Like, it is really your body, your choice, you know? Yeah. And even, yeah, even a gig someone had booked me in for a female was like, just checking you're going to be okay. And I'm like, this isn't a disability, this is yeah. a liberation, you know. Yeah, I'm absolutely yeah. going to be able to still perform my job as as any thing that I'm doing. And if I can't, then I uh-huh. will tell you, you know, rather than yeah, truly away. But uh, oh yeah, I could talk about this for hours. And this is <laughs> it's one of those things I've made peace with it now. And you know, I'm very yeah, well. I'm a fuck it. Well, I didn't want to do that anyway. I'll do something else. Yes, um, exactly. But Love it is that. interesting how people. I guess it's how how women um, see mm. their bodies, but also mm. how women perceive other people of seeing their bodies. Yeah. I think what's really important here is to try and always dress for you and try yeah. and always dress for you in terms of whether that's like what colours, what styles, what makes you feel good. Like if you want to feel sexy, if you want to feel vibrant um, and actually doing that, you know, if you're going on holiday with your gal pals, you know, you might like bring some really great clothes and, it's always, I think, if you can come back to what makes you feel good and do that for you, mm. that's really, really empowering. Um, and I think if we can almost take men out of the conversation in the context of you just want to feel empowered in you as who you are, however that might be, mm. that can be, that's a really empowering place to be. You know, and if you want to wear is full of something really like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I love I love Braver, but I was not always like this. Oh, my mm-hmm. goodness. When I used to go shopping with my friends, I was like, I didn't want to show my body. I wouldn't ever wear something that had, like, my midriff out. And, again, for me, it's this celebration of being comfortable in my body. Like, yeah. it's so liberating. And I think, you know, that's so important because people can say, oh, you're dressing for this or you're dressing for that. So what? Let her dress like that. You yeah. know, let let her be in all of her, like, sexiness and, and energy and vivaciousness like, for her that doesn't have yeah. to be for anyone else but for her yeah yeah exactly and I think you know 
you don't need to do it for anyone else but you and whatever that does look like for you is amazing but you should feel like you want to wear underwear for you as much as you do for a man or whoever else you know um and that is like really being liberated from the body when you can do that for yourself yeah do you know who I've been following recently is Ashley James do you follow her love her that's so weird because when you spoke about DJing I was thinking of her yeah she's brilliant isn't she and she only when you just you were talking about underwear she's had so many pictures of her in her underwear celebrating all of her lumps and bumps and her massive boobs and she just she looks like the epitome of the female body you know the curves that are supposed to be there yeah you know um but you know she is like completely unfiltered and just kind of showcasing and celebrating her body yeah Ashley is really great I really really like her work as well yeah yeah and likewise with you you know you had this what was really interesting actually as I was reading one of your posts did you go to Mexico was it last year you're on the beach and you're wearing all of these wonderful dresses and things but actually going back to something that you mentioned earlier on is you said that actually that was off the back of a breakup and that you could see in your eyes that even though you look fabulous and you're on a beach with your friends Mm -hmm. and everything's Mm -hmm. amazing you could see that actually that was a almost a front and that you were mm-hmm. in your eyes, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, I think it's really important to be honest about that as well when yeah. you're, when you look a certain way, but things are going on for you because otherwise you give this idea to the world that, that what you look like is important. The most important thing when actually like how I felt inside was the thing that really needed nurturing at that point and what I've been nurturing since and that's the most important thing to me yeah well that's it you know no one would ever know right because especially with social Mm. media put it out you can put out the message that you want to put out and it's only if you are authentic and you are sharing because what's really interesting with things like social media is you'd never really show all the bad points would you you wouldn't say I'm having an awful day today. Mm. I feel like complete shit. I've not got out of bed. I've not got changed or I've not showered in a week. Mm. And so mm. here I am just letting you know. But, you know, all of a sudden you feel And great. it's especially hard as like coaches and teachers, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Having a bit of delay there. Yeah, no, that's all good. That's all good. And it's just so interesting. It's messaging, isn't it? It's messaging across the board that can be the most worrying and concerning thing that people would never know. And we're coming up to Mental Health Awareness Week and we're going to be um, doing quite a lot of the studio in in Hove. And and it's just, you know... Amazing. Yeah, because, you know, people can put on this front and you'd never know. Um, And, and, you know, with other, other subjects and things that I'll be talking about too and... Something down the line is uh, I'll be talking to a guest about suicide prevention um, and something wow. that's kind of come into my world quite a lot with knowing people who unfortunately have recently taken their lives and you would never, ever have known that anything was going on in the background because of messaging and a portrayal mm. of a certain life in a certain way that you just never have known and then it's it, it kind of hits you with a like a truck you know Mm. because you just you unless you kind of 
I don't, I don't even know. And, and this is just comes from a story recently of a, of a good friend who unfortunately um, was successful in taking mm. her own life and everybody around mm. her, her closest friends, her family just didn't see it coming. And for one reason wow. or another, she was so unhappy that she felt that she couldn't carry on mm. and she had to do what she needed to do and I, and I can only you know feel comfort in the fact that she feels free mm. from what was going on in her mind and and that kind yeah. of massive discomfort yeah. that she was obviously sitting with but it's it's um it's like yeah. everything yeah. you know and it's like the work that you do is you know if you can get to these people and talk to mm. them you know kind of showcase mm. the fact that yes okay life is hard because let's face it life is really fucking hard and it's yeah. just getting harder at the moment it feels like um but it's not the end and it's not the end of the world yes right? we can't sugarcoat it and we... go on darling go on yeah exactly and I think as coaching I, I was just gonna say I think you probably resonate with this a lot but I love that you said that because as coaches and teachers, I think we can have this weird underlying pressure, can't we? Like whether it's a yoga body or whether it's have all of the answers or all of the tools, but we're also humans. And I think this is something I'm really trying to get across in my work this year and why I share these moments of vulnerability and things from last year that I was moving through is so that people know I'm human too. And it's okay to feel a bit messy sometimes. It's okay for things to feel hard. It doesn't last forever and you can get through it. And I think we need to model that as like coaches, leaders in the space so that other people have permission to have that self-compassion as well. And we're not all leading this very inauthentic, unattainable way. We're all just moving through it together and like walking each other home in a way, which I just well, think real is life, a much isn't it? more it's beautiful normal. way to... Yeah, it's normal and it's real and and it and that's the only way of it. You know, we're all just in our own reality. And yeah, we are. And I and I love this. We are all just walking each other home because it's exactly yeah. that. And we don't get yeah. long here, you know, it's a very, very small window of opportunity of life. And so as yeah. I said at the very beginning, you know, why the hell not just make the absolute most of it, which is completely easier said than done. You know, I, I get it because mm. things mm. can feel all, encompass- all in um, encompassing and just yeah. uh, uh, just too much, overwhelming. And this is another theme. This is another theme that was, uh, yeah, uh, a really interesting one for The Gather, which I will be exploring in podcast form, which is overwhelm. And it's that level of overwhelm that people can get to that then it's how you choose to what you choose to do in that moment of overwhelm right and and so maybe you do eat you overeat you don't eat you do something stupid and it's just managing and and having access to these people that can help manage these levels yeah. of overwhelm, right yeah. and this crazy thing that we call life exactly and you know, if you're listening to this and thinking, where do I start? Even if it is a free workshop, even if it is a podcast, you know, if you can't access, you know, counseling or therapy or coaching, you can start with the literature that you're taking in and the things that you're listening to and the conversations you're having. And I think that's a really good starting point for a lot of people and plants the seed to start to want to make those changes that are going to really help, which is really important. 
Yeah, and it's people like you who have got free content out there and have got real life showcased in accessible forms, you know, that, you know, the workshops you do, the live, the Instagram lives that you do. And I know that we haven't even talked about all of the work that you've done in TV, which is amazing. And you've been out there actively sharing and and Mm. and kind of reaching out as a hand to hold, right? To to let Mm. people know. And there's something just so powerful about the fact that you've been there you're not um Mm. you're not someone who's trained in something to help other people and there's absolutely nothing against that of course but there's something so brilliant in the fact that you've been there and and you've been in that that place and you've come out the other side I guess yeah it's and it's it's so true because even with all the training I have done it's while that's important obviously to work as a coach that's not the reason people come to me. And mm. I think that's the really defining point is that even with all the courses and diplomas that I've got, that none of them have taught me what I've learned through being in that person's shoes yeah, and through understanding what it takes within you to, to really persist with that healing journey. Um, and yeah. I think, yeah, like it's just showing people that it's possible and, and enabling them to to know that as long as they don't give up and they do have the right tools, that it is possible to to heal, whether that's your body image, whether that's your relationship with food, whether that's anything in this life. And yeah, like it's it's as available to you as it as it is to me. And that's coming from someone who literally didn't think she was gonna live when she was 14. So if that helps anyone that's in that dark place, I, I hope that it does. I hope that it does too. And I appreciate your time and your knowledge and your journey and, and sharing all of this with me and with us on the podcast thank today. You. Thank you so much. I just oh, want to ask you one more me. thing before yeah. we come to a close, because obviously we mentioned uh, author. Tell me more what you're doing if you've got a book coming out. Ah, potentially. I've got a proposal. It's it's not ready. It's it's in the making and it will be a long, a long pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, it's there and it's it's being created and it's definitely a dream of mine. Um, but yeah, there is there is a pacing with it because there's so much I want to put into it. Um, and I think I'd love to kind of figure out really what angle could really help people with where we are in the world right now. Mm. Um but yeah, it's there and it's brewing and hopefully a podcast later this year as well is, is also on my radar because it's just the best way, isn't it, to connect with people and oh, just have these chats. So yeah, yeah, it's lovely. And it and do you know what I will say is I've appreciated just how natural this podcast has felt between us two, just having a chat, you know, and I think that, you know, with these podcasting formats and these platforms now that are so readily available, it's brilliant because it's an easy way of of getting the conversation out there and the messaging. And and I appreciate that you're taking the time with your book as well, because so many people want to get a book out there for mm. the book out there's sake. And it's yeah, 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 yeah. really nice with you taking your time and making sure that it's right and it feels right and it does what it's supposed to do. So yeah, watch this space. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Um, the next podcast actually is a natural progression and, and kind of a really beautiful progression, I think, which is um, mm. is the th- it's working with a the theme of transitions, which again is based on an event that we had in real life. And it's working through the life of a female body um, through the menstrual cycle. So from menarche to when you first get your cycle all the way through 
all the kind of trials and tribulations we have with our period and with our cycle into menopause and onwards. So it's, um, yeah, it feels like a really natural kind of transition from from this to that. So that's super exciting as well. But thank awesome. you so much. Yeah, thank you Welcome. so much. Enjoy the rest of your beautiful day and hope to see you soon. Yeah. You too. That's All right, nice. darling. Thank you.